Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well, Kyle. The sun is finally out. It stopped raining, and it looks like a beautiful Tuesday. We're back to GHSA region basketball as we're back into the swing of things. We have a full podcast to discuss today. Lots of good topics, so we'll jump right into it. And first, we want to talk about the sidelines, a new feature on SandySpiel.com. I like to think you're a man of the people, Kyle. Sometimes people don't like your rankings. But we do listen to what's out there, and there was some discussion on Twitter. They wanted a message board forum, so we've provided it on sandyspiel.com called The Sidelines. Go ahead, get yourself signed up. There's some discussion going on in 4A, and we'd love to have you over here. Join the discussion now. Kyle, how do you see the sidelines contributing to uh, the larger picture of media in Georgia high school basketball in the state? Yes, sir. Well, it's first of all, it's free registration, so it's just like any old-school message board you've seen, uh, kind of taking it from the vent. The vent used to be the big thing. It used to be the hot topic, and it's, uh, you know, since I've been doing this, it's been uh, on its last legs. There's barely any uh, movement at all. Back in the heydays of things, 2010, 2009, people were going on there talking about, you know, big matchups and teams cheating and this, that, and the other and getting good information, people going out and seeing games. But that is really dissipated and that has really disappeared. So, you know, people – I've always kind of had it in the back of my mind, but people have been on Twitter saying, what are we going to do? Are we going to get a, a message board, something like that? So that's why I, um, you know, after many hours created the sidelines. And we got about 46, 47 registered people as of right now. Uh, which is pretty good since it's, you know we came up um, just a couple days ago now. Uh, but I think it's something that you know if it does take off, it's something where fans can come on and talk and talk you know politely and not get too crazy, but support their teams, talk about different things. I saw this at this game, just being basketball fans and talking about everything that's going on in the state of Georgia. And what better place to do that than SandySpiel.com and uh, on a on a larger scope, as far as uh, you know, coaches we we have pretty much every coach I would like to think in the state of Georgia is visiting this website at least a couple times every here and there. Um, on the message board side, you know, this could be a, a a nice little hub for people to set up games, scrimmages, um, last second thing, JV games, um, freshman games. You need a just a regular season game. You know, everything. Just talking, even a job board. Uh, we could get the job board posting over here since we do do the coaches carousel. So just trying to have one, uh, you know, kind of cutting out the middleman of people trying to go to the vent and posting on there and then going to somewhere else and trying to post on there. Let's just cut out the middleman and have Sandy Spiel be the, the central hub for all things high school basketball in the state of Georgia. And we've done that as far as the media goes, and we have a little bit of scouting on there as well. But let's truly make this immersive for the fans and the coaches as well, and let's let them have their voice be heard, and that's why we started the sidelines. Indeed, and I think one thing that goes is Twitter can often be you're limited to 280 characters, so certain nuances can get lost in translation there. It's not very conducive to having a – Discussion. It's more conducive to posting quick thoughts here and there. But for a discussion, you really need a somewhere where you can type out a sentence and try to articulate your thought. Especially sometimes you're dealing with more sensitive subjects. Don't want to be coming across as you know you're limited by characters and you may come across a bit ruder or harsher than what you may intend about these high school athletes. So I think the sidelines provides a longer medium to do that with. 
And another great thing on the message board, kind of a feature of the internet at large, sometimes it's a not so great thing, but you can be anonymous. You can choose your screen name. So some people, a lot of people have signed up with their names, but if you don't feel like you want to, you can be completely anonymous on the message board. And of course, we are open to your feedback. We created this based on fan and viewer feedback. And if you want to see a job board or you want to see some other sub form open, we'd certainly be receptive to doing that on the sidelines. So go ahead, sandyspiel.com and check it out if you have not already. But without further ado, we'll jump right into it. Right now, it is Tuesday afternoon, a minute past the four o'clock hour when we are recording this. And we want to talk about a marquee matchup tonight. Uh, Newton, over the past week, they went 3-0. and Rick Rasmussen, the longtime head coach at Newton High School, won his 300th career game. But tonight, he faces a big test in Class 7A against rival Grayson. Yes, and Rick Rasmussen, one of the best coaches in Georgia. Every time you think Newton's finally going to fall off, Ashton Hagens is gone. Finally, they're going to come back down to earth. Someone else steps up. Um, just recently, it was Trey Clark who committed to uh, VCU, who kind of came out of nowhere, always was a nice role player. But, you know, when you're playing behind a guy going to uh, uh, Kentucky, you're not going to really get the headlines. And, make all the statements but uh he's been great this year and uh, yes it is a a big game they lost at grayson in overtime the first matchup 68 65 and these two teams always play very close games it's a great you know region eight just button heads um grayson number two in class 7a uh newton number six in class 7a so this is a big one and this is real big for uh posturing for that number one seed heading into the region tournament right now the rams are sitting at four and one grayson five and oh so they're chasing them this is a really big one and i think this one you know obviously it's going to come down to you know the guards and and every single game guard play is going to be important davon smith um javon tatum uh rico hallman going up against the aforementioned trey clark tyrese brown three-point shooter um you know basic stuff like that but what, what i'm looking for is the interior play armani harris how is he going to do inside? He had, you know, he's been having a really good season. He's always in my inbox telling me he's the best best forward in the state. He's going to have another chance to prove it. He's going to be having to bang bodies with Kenyon Jackson, six foot six, Ian Shefflin, six foot seven, Tajay Kelly, six foot six. Just a lot of big bodies that Coach Joffrey Pierce can throw out there, and that's what really makes Grayson a team that can contend for a state title. They made it to back-to-back Final Fours in Class 7A. That's very difficult to do, but they do that with their toughness, their size inside, their ability to you know get the dirty work done, rebound, defend around the rim, of course with a great guard play. But those three big men, Kelly, Shiflin, and Kenyon Jackson, I'm looking at that matchup against Armani Harrison's side. We will certainly be tracking that, as I bet fans of Georgia basketball will tonight, and we'll have that for you. I assume they'll be reflected in the rankings next uh, Sunday, and we'll talk about it on the podcast next week. But on to something we talked about in last week's podcast in Class 6A, the matchup between Lakeside and Evans. Lakeside edged out Evans by a few points over the weekend, Kyle. Yeah, and you know that's that's what I felt like. Not and you know Evans is having a great year. Evans is uh, especially in Class Six. Evans is still a good team. Evans is still a threat to you know potentially making the lead eight run. Or just depends how all the bracket shakes out. But uh, Lakeside Evans was the better team, and that was reflected sixty seven to fifty six. You know, Kalen Williams is very talented. Now he's had some issues off the court. 
Uh, but apparently those charges or whatever you want to call it got dropped. But, you know, he's very talented, 22 points. Tayshawn Briscoe, just a, you know, a three-point specialist, a little guy, had 19 points. That's a very talented backcourt. You know, Tucker Gilbert, he's he's steady. He's not going to wow you. He's not a great athlete, but he's going to rebound and he's going to finish around the rim and he's just going to do his job. And I believe he's still leading um, the Augusta area in rebounding. So he's a double-double guy. Everyone's re- Really playing their role over there at Lakeside Evans right now, and uh, the Knights Evans they drop out, but uh, we we've seen Class Six A. Um, I'm gonna take this off the rails a little bit and talk about Region Five, just how insane uh, that region has really been. But uh, especially in Class Six A, you know, there's no true heavy favorite right now, so it's gonna be Evan, you know, ebbs and flows. And Evans is going to have a good chance to get back in there. Now they did beat Heritage, I believe it was sixty-three to sixty earlier in the week. A fairly nice win. Heritage has been a, you know, let's be honest, they've been a big disappointment this year. We had them in the top ten to start the season, and uh, they have not been playing very well. I know they've played a pretty tough schedule throughout the year, but uh, the wins are not coming, and especially in that that weak region. Uh, we wrote about that in the rankings. We kind of called it the antithesis, uh, you know, region three, not the strongest region. Um, and Heritage just has not been able to put together wins right now. They're sitting at eight and eight, two and two in that region. Um, but that's a team that could potentially put it all together down the stretch. But I want to shift it over to Region Five, and we're looking at Region Five right now. And that is what really shook up Class Six A this week in the rankings. Tri Cities is number four. Douglas County, first time being ranked, they pop all the way up to number five. South Paulding drops to eight. Alexander drops to nine. And I'm not going to go through all the, you know, they beat them and then they beat them and then they lost to them and then they came back and, you know, had a close game. You know, that's all in the rankings. It's, you know, all over the map. But setting it up, Tri-Cities is nine and one in the region. Douglas County, eight and two. South Paulding, seven and three. Langston Hughes are only eight and ten, but they're sitting at six and four. And then you got Alexander at seven and five. And Alexander... You know, they look great sometimes, but then they don't look great. And I mean, I believe they they got beat by Mays, and that was just that you can't that can't happen. If you're a, a state title contender, that cannot happen. Losing to Mays, forty seven to forty three. Before that, a double overtime loss to Langston Hughes, and before that, forty eight forty seven loss to Douglas County. But I'm telling you, everything the world spins on the axis of Region Five and Class Six A that that. that is what everybody else in the state and that classification needs to keep their eyes peeled on because whoever wins that region you know I, again i'm going to say whoever wins the regular season in region five it is far from a guarantee that they're going to win the region tournament uh because it's just so difficult but whoever wins you know i guess the region tournament and the uh the, the regular season region those are going to be two favorites to go very deep into the state tournament if that's not the same team Keep an eye on Region 5. It is just, you know, the talent level is just so superior to everyone else, every other classification, every every other region in the classification. Not to say there's not other good teams, but Region 5, uh, that's that's the region with the target on their back in Class 6A. Just the way the show sheet worked out today, we'll take it down to 5A, another game we want to touch on. Loganville defeats Buford. Previously in the Week 8 rankings, Buford was at number 1. Loganville defeated Buford by a couple, and in this week's rankings, they're at number three. What happened there? Yes, uh, Buford, they're sitting at 15-2 and two now. They drop all the way to number three, slip two spots. But Loganville, um, you got to give them major, 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 major credit for getting that game uh, won. And that was on the road, too. That's uh, 
That is far from easy to do, to go on the road at Buford Arena, that ginormous thing. you got Marcus Watson going to Oklahoma State. you got Donnell Nixon going to Wingate. Uh, you got Eric Coleman going to High Point. you got all these Division One and Division Two level guys. And Loganville was unaffected, 59-54. Jamar Moore, 16 points, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, a kid that I believe we had in our preseason of rankings for, I want to say, the small forward position, uh, you know, a top 20 guy in his, his position in the state. He had a good game. Akil Covington, a solid guard, 12 points. And Sheldon Arnold, 11 points and 3 assists. Um, those are the games that, you know, that's – that's that's kind of you know it is shocking it is really shocking because they are just nine and eight after that win that's a shocking loss for Buford because when you look at Fayette County the new number one Fayette County they're not losing to I I don't want to say bad teams but teams that aren't you know top 10 caliber teams Loganville is a a 500 team they are what their record says they are Fayette County's not losing teams like that Southwest Cab with all the injuries and all you know, the transfers not being able to play, and all the adversity they face with all their losses have come against very quality, you know, top ten caliber teams, really, really good teams that are uh, very well respected. Um, they're not losing to nine and eight teams, so that is a uh, you know, you're you're you can be you can have a, a one stinker game and throw it out the window as long as it's not in the state tournament. Uh, but that loss uh, kind of eye opening for Buford, and I think they're going to really refocus quickly and refocus in a big way um I, I, you know it's going to be tough for them to lose another game in the regular season i, I feel like coach martin's going to have those guys really engaged and really locked in to say this cannot happen again and they're going to be on a war path to get to a state title just a quick note of clarification i think i may have misspoke earlier buford would fall to 15 and 2 with the loss loganville improved to 9 and 8 with that win now on to something we talked about in last week's podcast, the Week 8 Spielin' and Dealing. I believe it was Episode 63. We talked about uh, McEachern's path to the uh, to a state championship and how a one-seed affects that. We pulled up some NCAA numbers, but as you know, in Georgia high school hoops, it's a bit different. So I went and I crunched the numbers over the last three years, Kyle. So we threw out a public and a private because they use a power ranking system, which we will actually get on touch on in the uh, last part of our podcast here. But so 2A through 7A, uh, only up through 6A in the 15-16 season due to the prior classification scheme. I went back and I looked both on the boys and girls side at how every one seed fared. And so one thing that's, you know, you look at the bracket, there are 32 teams that you start out with and there are eight one seeds. So eight regions per classification and every region sends up a one seed. So you end up with eight one seeds. So the interpretation of this data may be a bit confounded by, you know, you have eight one seeds. So what does that mean? And how can you really objectively tell based on the bracket if any one seed is better than the other? I'm not sure you can. But nevertheless, here's the data. So what the numbers show us, Kyle, is given as a percentage of how many one seeds reach every round. So it's not necessarily a percentage of how likely a team is to reach a given round, but given how many possible one seeds there can be in a round, how many of them were actually historically occupied by a one seed over the past three years. So in the round of 32, the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, there can be a maximum of eight possible one seeds, and we start with eight one seeds. So you'd expect if a one seed won every game, each of those three rounds would have 100% 
the, the number I give you should be 100%. In the final four, you can have a maximum of four one seeds. However, the percentage that we're going to give you is still out of 100% because we didn't calculate, obviously, four one seeds have to lose, even if every one seed wins. Eventually, a one seed and a one seed are going to get pitted against each other in the Elite Eight, and only four can advance to the final four, and so on for the finals and the champion. But without further ado, at the Sweet 16, 91% of the one seeds um, reached the Sweet 16, so 91% of one seeds won their first round game. 66.9% reached the Elite Eight. So you can read this as 67% of one seeds reached the Elite Eight, but also you can read that about 20% lost that Sweet 16 game. And then 72.7% of teams in the Final Four are one seeds. 76.4% of teams in the championship game are one seeds, and the eventual champion is uh, made of a one seed 82.3% of the time. So what does this necessarily mean? I'm not too sure, Kyle. As I looked at this more and more, and you know, you just start with eight one seeds, so 25% or one out of four teams start out as a one seed. So given, you know, even if every single team has an equal chance of winning, irrespective of seeding, you have a 3.1, 3.2% chance, let's call it. Now, if you assume a one seed should win every game up until it faces another seed, or a one seed never loses to a lower ranked team, then the one seed has a shot, a one in eight chance of winning the championship, or roughly 12.5%. Now, we know that the champion ends up being a one seed 82.3% of the time, or a four, roughly four out of every five times. So I guess a general takeaway we can take from this is upsets happen. Now, are they happening at a large rate? I mean, I don't know. The higher ranked seed, the highest rank, one of the highest ranked seeds wins four out of every five times. But that also means that since there are eight one seeds, you would maybe expect one seeds to win more often than four out of every five times. I don't know. And an interesting note I found, Kyle, in the 34 brackets that we looked at over the past three years, there was only one so-called perfect bracket where a one seed never lost to a lower-ranked team, and that was the 2016-2017 Girls 2A bracket where every single team made it, every single one seed won their Sweet 16 and won their Elite 8 game, and then, of course, the Final Four Finals and Champion were all comprised of one seeds. So that's the data. I'm not really sure it's helpful other than to kind of contextualize this is how far one seeds get. And I guess it's up to you to determine if that's a good number or you think the underdog should be higher or lower. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? That is very interesting uh, analysis right there. And that's, I'm sure that took you a while to break down all the numbers. Uh, you know, in, in layman's terms, uh, I'm just saying it is very difficult to win a state championship in Georgia and yes, these number one seeds are often going to be favored, but I mean, it'd be interesting to even throw out, you know, some of these teams we know, these number one seeds just, it, it sucks that it is this way, but it's just, it's not going to happen. We're not going to have a, 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 a team from North Georgia, you know, probably win a state championship in like class, I don't know, 4A or 3A. When we're talking like Northwest Whitfield boys, that region, Lafayette, that region. But, you know, that number one seed, you can wipe wipe that out because some of these number one seeds and some of these regions in general, just depending on who they're matching up with, 
they're just going to get overpowered and swept. How many times do we see regions get just cleaned out, wiped out? Uh, I think a little bit more on the the girls' side, just wiped out with a bad matchup, and you know, so that that's the number one seed you can just throw out the window. Um, but you know, it, it's 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 difficult. It's very difficult to win these games. Are just so competitive. We saw it. You know, I, I, to be honest with you, the last two championships on paper, if we're saying just on paper, the favored team on paper did not win, and that was Norcross losing to Tift County and to Meadow Creek. And, you know, these games aren't won on paper. We talked about last week about McEachern, their number one or number two in the nation. Boy, they were tied with Marietta with about six minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Marietta don't got all these high major Division One guys. They don't have that. But, you know, X's and O's can really change these games. Now, they finally got hot. Sharif got hot. And they, they, they pulled away at the end. But Jiminy Crickets, you know, 80-72 to 72 in this rivalry game. McEachern is far from unbeatable. They are far from unbeatable. This is not, you know, Hercules. Everybody has an Achilles heel. Um so it, it's it's difficult, and that's just, that's just a rivalry game right there against probably the best coach in Georgia. And you know they had to pull out all the stuff. They had to figure it out. Now they had some guys. They benched some of their guys and some foul trouble here and there, and just you know trying to send a message. And I heard Coach Thompson got a technical very early in the game. Um, but boy, you got to be able to keep your composure. And if you're struggling against Marietta, who's you know. They don't have all the horses that you have, but they're going to play a good defense and they can score the ball and they have some nice guards and they have a real balanced attack where they can hit you for 10 points, 10 points, 10 points, 10 points. They don't have a Sharif that's going for 25 and an Isaac that's going for 20 and then a 10 and then the rest is, you know, just fill in the blanks. Um, that that shows you right there. These teams from Georgia, they, you know, the, the well-coached teams on teams that have a little bit of talent, they can play McEachern very tight and there's not going to be a lot of blowout games in the uh the state tournament now I think we we said this last week once they get past that first round they should be in pretty good shape but outside of that it's going to be you know difficult and they they got some more tough out-of-state games coming up they got Catholic Central they're they're going to that Bass Pro Tournament of Champions will they win all three games again we will see then they got Rancho Christian who was just on uh, national TV they're going to play them at that Hoop Hall Classic um, on ESPNU so they got some really tough games but they can't lose focus it doesn't matter what you do nationally and I know they want to think we want to win the national champion we want to win the national championship you got to get to a state championship first great to have you know high sights and we want to do this and we want to win the national championship and I don't know what their focus is I don't know if that's if they're they're aiming for a national championship but that's what they're really going for or they're going for everything but it all starts with you got to own your state first, and McEachern has not owned their state when it really mattered in the state tournament, and that's what they need to focus on. And it's going to be great. They're probably going to win all these games out of state, but you know, at the end of the day, nobody cares if you don't hang a banner at the end of this season. And if they don't get a banner at the end of this year, and if Sharif's leaving for prep school or whatever, he's leaving what remains to be seen if he's coming back for his last year, and we got all these seniors walking out the door, McEachern's going to look a lot different next year. And forget about the national championship, you know, aspirations. They're just going to try and get into the state tournament next year. Uh, but yes, you got to own your state. You got to win your state. That should be goal one. All these games outside of the state, they should not even be thinking about their national ranking. They should just be using that as everybody else in the state to 
you know, I'm playing good teams out of the region to prepare for the state championship, not for the national championship. You're preparing for the state championship, and that's how they need to focus on these games. And if they can keep that mindset, McEachern has a very good chance to be playing for a state title. But again, you got to get there first. One more number to throw at you before we move on. A given one seed based on nothing else but the last three years of tournament play in the state of Georgia and your seeding, a number one seed has a 10.25% chance of winning the championship at any given year. Now, you'll notice that we did not include Class A public and Class A private because they do not use the traditional uh, region and championship bracket seeding, but they use power rankings. And power rankings were released today. Before we get to the Class A's, we want to talk about something maybe relatively new to a lot of basketball fans. The power rankings will also be used in Class 3A and Class 7A to determine the final playoff spot. Due to some region imbalances, there's one playoff spot in both the 3A and 7A classifications that are kind of an at-large bid that's going to be determined by this power ranking system. And Kyle, we caught our first glimpse of them released today. What did you see in 3A and 7A? Well, I, I, I don't know if this is the correct numbers because if it is, it is, you know, it's it's way up there. But just looking at 7A, and we're just going to talk about the boys. I mean, Campbell has the highest power ranking out of everybody by far. Their power ranking is 21.98 points, 21.98 points. And they're in that region with East Coweta, Pebblebrook, Westlake, you know, all this. And you would have to figure – those guys, obviously, I mean, you're looking at East Coweta 18 and one, Wheeler 13 and six, and these are just uh, records in the state and everything. Pelbrook 12 and six, Westlake 11 and six, but especially that East Coweta at 18 and one, they're sitting at 14.16, and that's you know that's what seven points below Campbell, and you're looking at the other region leaders, which obviously the region leader is going to have the most points. The other highest one um, in in Class 7A is. Uh, you know, McEachern at 16.15, but Campbell sitting at 10 and 6 is a 21.98 uh, ranking. I, I, I don't I don't know how that is correct. I know they played a lot of good games and a lot of good teams. They lost to a lot of good teams, but that's very peculiar. So what that tells me is, uh, you know, it, it, right now, if everything finishes the way it is, uh, Campbell would get that at-large spot, and, and you know, to my understanding of all this, Region Two would get their their, their top four in, and Campbell would get the number five spot, being that at-large bid because they are head and shoulders above the rest. But what happens if Campbell earns a number four, you know, a, a top four seed, and that you know, we're looking at the the numbers now, and uh, of course, all this is going to change. This is way too far out, but we're looking at like a Wheeler at a twelve point nine. Seven or a 12.32 Pebble Brook and that 14.16 East Coweta. Now those are really high and those are probably going to get in. But I mean, there, there's you know there's madness across all these uh, all these uh, regions. Anything can happen, but there, there's no sure thing. One of these teams could get left home. Uh, but you know, just looking at it and basing it off all these other regions, um, those top four teams, I guess top five actually in Region Two. Everyone's power ranking is just so so high up there, and Campbell's is so far ballooned. Uh, it looks like it's gonna pretty much be a lock at this point that five teams are gonna get in from Region Two. And Kyle, we're gonna now. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the A public and the A private power rankings, but did you see anything uh, noticeable there? Well, 
uh, we'll talk about the uh, private because I think that's what we're we're talking to most of the people that listen to this podcast in public always seems to sort itself out. But uh, we're looking at some uh, some nasty stuff, and uh, I, 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 obviously a huge error that I, <laughs> I'm finding just now uh, uh, kind of important. But uh, Mount Bethel is not even listed in the power ratings. They're number two in Class A private. And the GHSA forgot to list them, so that's that's really bad. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, it's always something. Uh, but Mount Bethel is not even currently listed in the power rating, so you can just throw this you know this crap out the window. You don't know what's going to happen now when you're forgetting the number two ranked team in the state does not even have a power rating right now. But <laughs> which is you know it's hard to believe. But as going through this right now, as we speak, and I'm looking at everything. So running down the the top ten, and let me let me do this from my top ten. Here is our top ten right now in the state of Georgia in Class A private, and where they rank in this. You know, it's a flawed power rating system. It's very difficult, but this is where they stack up. St. Francis is number one. Mount Bethel is not even listed, so I mean they're going to have to figure that out. Green Force, our number three ranked team, is number six. Number four, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, is number four in the power ratings. Walker, our number five ranked team, is number 10. Our number six, Wesleyan, is number eight in the power ratings. Our number seven, Lakeview Academy, is number nine in the power ratings. Uh, Trinity Christian, who we've been up and down with these guys. They don't have a true point guard, and that's been hurting them. We have them number eight in our rankings. They are number 22, number 22 in the power ratings poll, which is the poll that really matters at the end of the day. So they have a ton of work to do, and I believe it's the top 24 that get in. I might need you to fact check that for me. but It is the top 24. The first eight get a first-round bye. Correct. The top 24 and Trinity Christian sitting there. And, you know, their record on this is just eight and seven. And, you know, they played a lot of tough teams, but they're number 22. So that's 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 a big thing to keep an eye on right there. Number nine in our poll is Holy Innocence. They they are number 15 in the power ranking. And then Riverside Military, our number 10, is ranked third, ranked third in the power ranking system. And let me sum up who we got at number two, five, and seven in the power rank power rankings. In the power rankings, Christian Heritage is ranked number two. Christian Heritage, who had a great season last year. Christian Koneman graduates. They were, you know, the darlings of the tournament. They were great. Ended up getting knocked off in the tournament, but they had a great season. They are ranked number two, and we just dropped them out of the polls. I mean, they got beat by Bowden, eighty to sixty-nine, and then they fell at nine and six. North Cobb Christian, seventy-five to fifty-one. Uh, and needless to be say, uh, I love what they're doing up there, but they are not even close to being the number two uh, ranked team in the state. And Looking at number five, Athens Academy, the same deal. Athens Academy, uh, they just got beat. Uh, they had a really good start to the season, but now they're starting to see some better teams. They are 10-2. and two. Uh, They just got beat by Riverside Military, 57-49, to 49, and Athens Academy still sitting up there at number five. And then number seven, Darlington, another team. We had them in the top ten to open up the year, uh, but they kind of struggled at the beginning. They're starting to play a little bit better, but they're only nine and seven, and they're ranked number seven in the power rating system with a, a couple you know, losses. Wesleyan blew them out, 55-39. to 39. Um, 
model beat them 56 to 50 uh, a two-way school that's very average the loss at gordon lee 42 to 40 christian heritage beat them by 10 riverside military beat them by six to start the year um so those three teams uh not you know they're they're really benefiting right now and that's that would be crazy to see if they could hang on to those 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 rankings right now and we're looking at it I mean, Ramin, last year it was Prince Avenue, who I believe got like a top four seed because they won their region. And, you know, of course, in the, their first game. I think they were a three seed last year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And in, the, in, the, in their first game, they get beat because Prince Avenue wasn't very good. They, you know, some the system got it wrong. They ended up upsetting Lakeview or whoever they upset in that Region 8 tournament, and they won. And that threw a whole monkey wrench into everything. And we're looking at Region 8 right now, which is – traditionally not very strong outside of lakeview academy lakeview academy is the one team you can trust year in and year out and then you'll have a flash in the pan here and there that'll do okay and you know this that and the other but you know lakeview academy they were in the final four a couple years back maybe two years ago they were playing to get into the state championship but other than them uh, not too much success but just looking at region eight riverside military is number three athens academy is number five lakeview academy is number nine um you got Prince Avenue at number 19, Hebron at number 20. Uh, so the power rating system, uh, every time you're going to look at it, it's going to be flawed. But you got to think uh, Mount Bethel not being included in this, you're going to have to bump teams down at least one line because they're going to be, they should be above, uh, you know, they should be top five, I would assume, uh, pretty easily. So that's going to bump a lot of teams down. And a team that's fighting for their life, the defending state champions, uh, Right now, they're number 23 in the power rating system. They've been playing very poorly. They played some decent teams, you know, in the Metro Atlanta area, did not fare well, took a couple 30-point beatdowns. That's a team to keep an eye on, see if they can get into the state tournament. Um, They'll be close. They're on the bubble. I think they'll start playing a little bit better, but their work is far from done. So that's a wrap-up of uh, Class A private power ratings right there, Ramin. Uh, A lot of interesting stuff, but again, uh, a huge gaffe on the uh, the part of the GHSA not even having Mount Bethel included in their first released rankings. And we had one more topic on our show sheet, Kyle, but I think we covered a lot of things and the power rankings are a natural way to end the podcast, in my opinion. So unless you have any objections, we will wrap up this episode of Spielin' and Dealin'. As always, we thank you for listening and joining us. You can find us on Twitter at KyleSandy355, at Sandy Spiel. All of the usual content you come to expect on SandySpiel.com, plus the new discussion board, the sidelines, free registration, You can be anonymous and voice your opinions with fellow fans. And until next time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.